Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater, or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and TV together. On today's episode, it is TV that we are diving into, specifically the Apple TV Plus original The After Party Season 2 just released its final episode this is a show created by christopher miller starring tiffany haddish sam richardson uh, zoe chow john cho paul walter hauser ken jung anna conkle poppy liu elizabeth perkins jack whitehall zach woods and vivian Wu. Only a few of the characters from the first season obviously are in this one. The fact that they were able to do a second season, very interesting. Uh, but this show, for those that aren't aware, uh, the second season, when Zoe's sister's wedding's weekend is destroyed by a murder, Anik calls his old friend Danner to investigate the crime. I loved the first season. Reviewed it. If you want to hear my in-depth thoughts on season one of the After Party, I did do a review of that. Uh, it's a fun whodunit. You know, Ryan Johnson and Knives Out really introduced whodunits back to popular culture. There are so many whodunit movies, whether it's the Knives Out series that's continuing, whether there's the Perot series of movies that i'm not a big fan of that are continuing the murder mystery with adam sandler love that franchise surprisingly uh, but also tv shows you have this one you have only murders in the building there's some other one that i saw recently is out there it is trendy to do a whodunit and this one i think i enjoyed the most because it's doing something different than all the other ones Right? It has every episode is done in a different style. Uh, it's told from a different perspective of one of the characters that's involved in this murder mystery. And the genre of the episode is specific to their story. Uh, so in the first season, we got stuff like animation. One was like a cartoon style. Uh, and there were other styles. I can't remember all the different genres that were covered. This season, no different. Uh, they definitely tackled some interesting or used some interesting styles slash genres, uh, which is, it, you know, it's a gimmick of the show, but it's a gimmick that I really like about this show. Um, so, yeah, so I like the different perspectives. I like the different styles that each story is illustrated in. Uh, and this season does the same things, obviously adds a bunch of new characters, new genres, new styles, right? And I did enjoy this season, but I didn't enjoy it as much as last season. Now, I did not go back. What I usually do when I review TV shows uh, and a new season comes out, I generally like to go back and rewatch the previous season. Didn't do that this time. Just watched this one, binged it, 
as I think this show is probably consumed best in that style, the binge format, despite the fact that Apple released these episodes as they do all of their shows weekly. Uh, but I like, especially a whodunit, where keeping the different perspectives fresh in your mind really helps when you see everything start weaving together. So, I did enjoy this season. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as the first season. Um, and I don't know. I would not be surprised if this is the last season. I don't know if they could continue doing this. Keeping certain characters from one to the next. Uh, it, it almost feels like this is the last one, but you never know. I, I wouldn't mind if there was a third season. Wouldn't be surprised if they had to refresh the cast completely. Tiffany Haddish, Sam Richardson, and Zoe, um, what's her name? Uh, Zoe Chow are the three characters from the first season. There's some cameos from other people from the first season, but those are kind of the three main characters that came from the first season. Uh, and I don't know if they would still be around. I mean, to have this same group of people stumble upon another murder. I mean, I guess Only Murders in the Building is doing that. I, that's a show that I wasn't a big fan of the first season. Uh, I couldn't get into the second season, but it, apparently people are loving that show. Uh, so I would imagine they could write it they can make it happen and the gimmick is so fun uh you know i wouldn't mind a third season i just hope that it just didn't feel like this season was baked enough didn't feel like the script was necessarily as strong there's some aspects of this show that are so common to not only just murder mysteries but just tropes in general that are kind of exhausting um which I'll get into all that in spoilers, but I still love how each episode is, you know, told from a different perspective, different style. Um, it's just this season, some of the characters, not as well written, just didn't care for, did not like. And it's not like they're just not likable characters. There's very uninteresting, unoriginal characters. Uh, while some are some of my favorite characters and some of my favorite performances from those actors. Uh, but because each episode is focused on a particular character, the weak characters also, I feel, had weak episodes. Uh, so the inconsistency of what I liked and what I didn't like was all over the place. Uh, according to the ratings on IMD IMDb, it seems like most of the episodes were highly rated. Uh, my favorite episode wasn't one of the highly rated one, which is very interesting. So you never know. I mean, just the same thing with anything, any kind of art. Very subjective. Who knows what you're going to be into. Uh, like, I am not into all, Only Murders in the Building. I might go back and try that out. But people love it. So, who knows? My taste's not the same as everybody else's. Uh, but this season... It felt could have been bigger. The big picture kind of environment and story also kind of felt a bit tired, a bit like boring in a lot of ways. Uh, so those were kind of the main aspects of this season that I didn't like as much, that didn't uh, really allow me to enjoy it as much as the first season. But, uh, 
you know, uh, there's still a lot that I did love about this and some episodes and some of the characters that were amazing. Um, and each episode kind of ends with a new prime suspect. So, you know, you have Danner, who was the detective in the first one. She retired from the police force. She's writing a book, uh, but she gets called by her friends, played by Sam Richards. Um, and he calls her to come by and investigate because for whatever reason, of course, somebody dies. And for whatever reason, they decide to wait until they call the cops. Like the the setup for this show, this season is already like, why would why would people hold off on calling the cops? The mother of the deceased and best friend of the deceased have a little chit chat and decide let's hold off for a few hours before we call the cops while we get things in order. But it's necessary for this whole thing that the cops aren't called because they need to do their own investigation. But each episode ends with kind of like, ooh, maybe it's this person, right? little cliffhanger to get you to the next episode, right? Almost like a, a relay race of, of guilt. And it takes a few, took me a few episodes to kind of get back into it. But once I got to know the characters and, you know, kind of see the pieces moving... I thought it was I thought it was great for the most part. And strangely enough, might be my favorite John Cho and Ken Jeong performances. Uh Ken Jeong, he's amazing in everything, but he tends to be very animated. And this movie felt like the most toned down I've seen Ken Jeong. Uh, and John Cho, the character that he plays, his episode was also my favorite episode. But one of my favorite John Cho characters. Uh, there's a character named Travis, has some funny slapstick moments I really enjoyed. Um, and also new styles that they used in this season were pretty great as well. Uh, there is one episode that is Wes Anderson. Right when it started, I was like, are they doing... Is th are they doing a Wes Anderson and then it gets into it? And I'm like, this is amazing. Recently reviewed uh, Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's newest film, which was okay. Not my favorite. Not my least favorite. But I mentioned in that review that there is no other director that has such a unique style as Wes Anderson has. You could not do a style... Like, in this show, you couldn't do an episode where you're like, oh, that's Hitchcock, for sure. For, you, for sure you couldn't. You could do aspects unless you're doing, like, a shot-for-shot shot remake of one of Hitchcock's movies. His style isn't really... Like, there, his Hitchcock is kind of like a thriller type of a style or, a, you know, a mystery type of thing or... You know, even Tarantino, like you could like all there's no director that I can think of offhand that has such a unique style like Wes Anderson, where you could shoot in his style anything. You can make anything a Wes Anderson style um, and people looking just like seeing one shot of it, seeing the color palette, seeing how shots are framed, seeing just how somebody speaks. 
Like there, every element of a Wes Anderson film is so specifically Wes Anderson. So it was it was hilarious when I saw and and fits the the character perfectly uh, for the character that plays it. Um, the Wes Anderson style, love that. There's one John Cho's episode, which I think technically was a epic romance style, but has a lot of references to dance movies like Footloose or Dirty Dancing that are used in the funniest way. Like I was cracking up his performance in that, especially with the other characters that are part of his story. Amazing. By far my favorite episode is uh is Ulysses is the name of his character. Um So those are kind of two of my favorite styles that were utilized in this in this uh season. Uh definitely some funny moments that get funnier as you see them from different perspectives. There's a bit where somebody's running through an area naked that you see I mean, just initially it's funny, but then once you see it from different perspectives and understand why and understand what other people that were in that scene are doing at the time, it's hilarious. It's hilarious every time. And once all the strands of the different uh, storylines are kind of woven together, you do find yourself, I found myself stuck in this spider web of a show where you you have to see how it plays out you have to see who's responsible right for the big thing about the whodunits is how it all comes together that aha moment at the end where it's like oh that's why you know because you're watching these shows you're watching these movies part of you is trying to figure out the mystery trying to figure out who it is um i don't know how satisfying the end of this season was also uh, but it was still it was still good enough, and I did enjoy seeing how everything was woven together. There are different definitely aspects of the writing of this season that I did enjoy. And when I was binging this season, I forgot that there was still one episode left. So despite binging all how many episodes are there? Ten ep not well, I got through nine episodes. Yeah, so I got through nine episodes and then realized the final episode, the finale of the season, I had to wait a few days, which was a bummer because, like I said, I love binging this. I think it plays the best when you binge it because all the different stories stay fresh. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention. All, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. But I do enjoy the hook of the show. I just think this season didn't get me like the first season did. Right. And after Knives Out, you know, it's in so many other movies to have a character that is a rich white family is kind of boring. Like, I understand it's a common murder mystery trope or whatever, but it's just kind of boring. 
the the matriarch of the family being an alcoholic also i i did kind of appreciate her story her episode though but still it's like how many how many like rich white ladies alcoholics i mean i know it's a true it just it just feels like unoriginal in a show that's doing so many original things so the season just didn't hit me like the first season did um and it seemed like the episodes and i don't know if this is particular to this season or if i just don't remember it from the first season but within the each episode as we are seeing these stories being told in this stylized way different genre wes anderson campy horror comedy whatever uh romantic comedy it kept jumping out into the story of what's actually happening going on it seemed like there was a lot more of this story still going on as people are being interviewed and i don't remember if that was the case in the first season or not but in this season it really it pulls you out every time because i enjoy seeing these stories being told in their the, their different styles and to kind of be pulled back into the reality of the thing uh just felt a little unbalanced i guess so i don't remember if that was a thing from the first season or not it just kind of took away from what makes the show so fun for me um but it felt like you know they they knew they had a great gimmick with the show after the first season, but maybe they rushed the second season. I don't know how long it took to develop the first season in comparison to the second season. Uh, it just felt like there were some aspects, characters that were pretty unoriginal and pretty boring in a show that is one of its str strengths is being new and creative. Uh, so kind of a bummer like the alcoholic white widow which i'll talk more about those aspects in spoilers i also want to talk about each episode give my thoughts on each episode in spoilers uh but one of my favorite characters and episodes was episode seven ulysses with john show by far my favorite like i I fell in love with this season on that episode. And I love John Cho anyway. Anytime he shows up in anything, this character is so... I, I really did enjoy it. But I still, despite the fact that I had a few problems, didn't like it necessarily as much as the first, there are aspects that I really loved about this season. Uh, it still was a fun season. So, I don't know. If you like the first season, you like the gimmick of the show, I would say check this season out you may love it even more um and maybe if i had rewatched the first season and that was fresher in my mind i would have you know gotten into this season more maybe would have liked this season more but i do want to get into spoilers talk about specifics talk about each episode so if you have not seen season two of the after party this is your warning for spoilers coming up as my mustache and nose hairs are shaking hands and causing frustration to my face so spoilers from here on out um tiffany haddish i love tiffany haddish comedian i first saw tiffany haddish on a podcast that i i used to watch a decade ago 
when she was just a stand-up comedian. Nobody knew who she was. She hadn't been in anything yet. She she wasn't even a headliner. She was just like a feature act. She was an opener. She wasn't doing a whole lot. Uh, a great comedian, though. And then she, I think it was uh, Girl's Trip. I think that was the movie that came out, and her career kind of blew up from there. Um, and I love seeing her in stuff. I think she generally elevates movies especially comedies i think she elevates it uh and you know enjoyed seeing her come back as the character danner who quit the police force after the first one she's an author at least trying to be an author uh in this one turning the story from the first season into a book or at least the the plan is to do that but she's having a bit of writer's block she gets called by anique because there's this situation, he got caught up in another murder. Not himself being a murder, but uh, being one of the, the suspects in a murder. So, And she comes over, and they team up um, as they were kind of working separately in the first season. And the first episode is Anique's episode. It's titled Anique 2, the sequel. It is a rom-com style because the whole scenario set up like a rom-com. Um, and uh, my first thoughts were it seemed like the douchebag friend with the British accent uh, wanted the crypto cards. Like you have, like the setup is they're going to a wedding. Anique's girlfriend, he the, the woman... From the first season, I think Vivian, I believe, or Zoe, I forget which which the two her her name is. Um, but they end up getting together at the end of the first season. So now they are together. They're going to her sister's wedding at her soon-to-be husband's family's mansion, and he is uh, this crypto bro and has a pet lizard that sits on his shoulder he's the one that's murdered after the wedding and it's whole thing and in the first episode the douchebag friend with the british accent and the mom decide to hold off on calling the cops um and you see like thinking that it was the douchebag friend not only did it seem like he wanted the crypto cards, but he also didn't like the lizard? Like, there seemed like motive. He was part of the reason why they didn't call the cops. And he says something to his mom, right? And, and that's when she decided not to call the cops right away, right? Maybe they were colluding together. Um, which Grace, the new newly married Grace, was the one who was the mom just throughout the whole season assumes she was the one uh that did it a funny episode i like the rom-com style the rom-com sequel it's kind of a fun light-hearted way to get you into this first season the next episode is grace where they interview her and the first episode's also danner coming back in a lot of things are coming back in i think it's one of the longer episodes in the season as well um the second episode is more of a classic romance style, which is described as a Regency period piece. Very like wearing like Victorian type of things. And she's into like, you know, antiques and typewriters and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
And in that episode, I kind of felt like maybe her sister did do it or she was in on it. Uh, she's concerned and kind of insists on being in the room when she's being interviewed. Uh, and we find out that the pills that uh, she was putting into his drink uh, that kind of led to her being interviewed in this episode were Adderall. So they, they weren't poisonous. Um, but they're what she used to keep him up and awake to have fun at parties because he was a, uh, you know, uh, introvert. Third episode's Travis, which is noir style. Travis is the ex-boyfriend of Grace who was invited to the wedding, uh, who has a conspiracy that, uh, that he killed himself, that the main character killed himself in order to, because he was... I don't know. The it's a fun noir style conspiracy theory. Uh that character ends up being pretty funny throughout the the season. Episode 4 is Hannah, which is the Wes Anderson. This is the adopted daughter of the rich family, the Wes Anderson style. So great that just seeing that her story is really funny. Um right when she puts the music on at the beginning of the episode, I knew uh, there's even stop motion, not necessarily like Wes Anderson style stop motion, but definitely Wes Anderson loves to do stop motion in his stuff. Uh, so it was a fun episode overall. Episode five, Sebastian is the guy with the English accent, which we find out is a fake accent. Uh, the episode is a caper movie, but you know, kind of made to look kind of like oceans 11 in some ways. Uh, and we find out he's more of a con man, fake accent, stuff like that. And we see that he also, not only does the lizard not like this guy, but we found out as kids when he first met the, the guy who died, which I should probably know his name. What is his name? Um, let's see here. When they were kids, uh, Edgar, Edgar's the one that died. Uh, when Sebastian and Edgar first met as kids, uh, they played Connect Four. They bet a game on a game of Connect Four for a rare misprint baseball card that Sebastian had that was like his cherished thing. Uh, so it's another thing, another reason why he was trying to break into the, the vault because that's where this card was. He wasn't trying to go for the crypto things. Uh, the sixth episode is Danner's fire in the first season. There was an episode for Danner, the cop. We kind of saw her origin story, you know, moving up in the police department in this one. It's an erotic thriller. I thought it was pretty fun. Didn't really like aside from the fact that they had her story in the first season, which I think made more sense in the first season having her story it's all to prove a point that you never sleep with the arsonist right it's basically him saying that you should you know your girlfriend vivian might be in on this you, you know you're too close to it uh to see that maybe she isn't on and on it but this takes a whole episode this whole episode about this arsonist she was investigating that is very much like a uh, basic instinct kind of a you know erotic thriller type of a style but because it's a TV show, it, they do more of uh, food sex, which kind of reminded me of, I think, Hot Shots Part 2, 
one of those one of those movies the uh the spoof movies um has a very similar scene uh which i thought was funny so an okay episode just didn't fit with everything because it's her story but still still you know i everybody gets their own episode episode seven my favorite ulysses john show we which is an epic romance is what is categorized as but it, it you know i think it's more of dancing movies which are still romance um starts with him going to entertain the troops at war uh but he gets uh their their caravan gets bombed or whatever and one of his dance mates gets uh loses his legs and he screams out he's never gonna jitterbug again like hilarious hilarious he has dancing ptsd where he's laying in bed crying but doing dance moves amazing there is like things that kind of feel like dirty dancing he ends up uh after the after this whole tragedy uh living with uh you know his his brother um and sister and their family uh feng played by ken jung and uh his wife i guess his wife is his wife vivian or not um Yeah, Zoe is Anik's girlfriend. So Vivian is the mom. Uh, so John Cho goes to live with Vivian and Fang. And Fang encourages him to do competitive ballroom dancing with his wife, who used to do ballroom dancing. So it's them training. And then they have this romantic affair. It's, uh, they toured the Midwest, but it's he makes it sound like they were traveling the world to all the biggest cities but instead they're going to like boise idaho and and tallahassee and all this other stuff love affair he mentions that not only are they dancing vertically but they're dancing horizontally ken jong so great perfect role for him toned down more than most roles anyway uh, there's a sad footloose dancing scene in the rain, which is very funny. Uh, manages to use the uh, Macarena in a way that pulls on your heartstrings one of the most annoying songs from the 90s. Uh, and uh, that's accompanied by a dance moves. The way it's used, funny, but also very heartfelt. But you find out why he left. Like he's this the funkle, the fun uncle who just kind of left, right? The the girls loved him, but he just left and and traveled the world they never knew. So now we find out why is to get away from this woman that he could never be in love with, that he can never have a relationship with because she's married, because she's dedicated to her husband, despite the fact having an affair on him. But also the husband finding out threatens to kill him another reason why he he leaves um there's a scene where you see john cho's character covered in all kind of every tattoo fad that you can think of small tribal tattoo large asian characters uh the, the koi fish a, dra a small dragon a little dream catcher an, an arrowhead like uh, tattoos from all the different indigenous people that he went to go live with as he was wandering the world the kind of midwest native american symbol that looks like a guy playing the flute 
uh, skulls with uh, a, a, an Indian headdress on it, a Native American headdress on it. Like all of the most basic, basically like something you would see on a basic white guy that travel. That's a world traveler fake dude that would have like a uh, a bun, you know. Which, as a guy who has long hair now, you know, tying your hair up is very convenient most of the time. Uh, so, you know. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote... Are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor Show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing you'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want with all of these benefits and more inspired disorder plus is a must-have for any fan of the ray taylor show so don't wait go sign up now head on over to inspireddisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership and now let's get back to the show and we also see the conversation that was happening between the Funkel and the brother and the wife when the naked British guy runs past them, which is w one of those moments where you see this funny scene from a different perspective and it adding new context to that makes it even funnier. Uh, so that my favorite, by far my favorite episode, episode seven, episode eight is Fang. And this one's told in more of like a social media or found footage where a lot of it is like vertical video, like th this show is filmed in. Um, and it's also interesting to see because it's found footage to see these events that have been told in these very stylistic ways to see how they look in re quote unquote reality. Uh, as the social media guys just filming things that are happening at this wedding. I really, uh, really kind of enjoyed that. Um, to see something that is very boring, like real life is very boring. And it's interesting to see that portrayed in a fictional uh, show like this. Episode 9, Isabel. Kind of a Hitchcock thriller, uh, melodramatic style. Uh, you have the Mbop song, which was also featured in the show Twisted Metal that I reviewed recently. But this version of Mbop, the Hanson song, was uh, sung by like a choir. But it's about Isabel, the mom who is the, the mother of the deceased, uh, who is an alcoholic. But it is all about her being gaslit by her son. Her son trying to make her feel crazy, feeding her uh, Adderall, telling her it's sleeping medicine, ordering things, saying that she ordered them, really just doing everything to make her seem crazy. So kind of, it is the episode that turns what is very much a boring character that I did not like into a very sympathetic character, surprisingly. There's also a, fu a funny slow faint that she does on a trampoline in one of the scenes. Uh, there's also uh, a scene where she's reading a speech at the wedding. 
and the speech ends up being the lyrics to Mbop. But when you read the lyrics to Mbop, it just makes you sound like a crazy person, which is what he was trying to make his mom seem like. So pretty amazing episode to take this character and make her make sense and uh, give her uh, it, it made that character better in a lot of ways. And then the final episode is kind of a combination of stuff. There is a uh, Zoe's story is like a campy horror story. And in this episode, it starts with them thinking that she did it. And she comes in to be interviewed acting like she did it. But you come to find out in her campy horror story that she thinks she just killed the dog. And that's what she was being so flippant about murdering. Kind of anticlimactic, if you ask me. Um, and also not the best campy horror. It seemed more like the scene in There's Something About Mary where the dog get goes crazy on uh, Ben Stiller's character. Uh, and gets thrown out the window. Seemed more like that at night than it do did like a campy horror film. Uh, also, the mom gets interviewed, Vivian, and her story is more like, I believe, a Korean drama. It's described as soap opera, but it seemed very melodramatic. Um, and I, I'm not familiar with K-dramas, but it seemed like a very specific type of soap opera. Uh, so a fun end to see how it all wraps up. Uh, not as satisfying necessarily when we do see where it was like a mistake. That like it was the poison was intended for somebody else. And this guy ended up taking it instead. Um, which isn't horrible, but I wasn't expecting. I guess I was expecting it, but not in the way it happened, I guess you could say. So some characters were more entertaining than others, making the show kind of feel unbalanced. Also episodes better than others. Uh, but binging definitely helps um, because if, I, I would imagine watching this week by week, if you hit an episode that's kind of like not great, it, it, I could see easily just falling off of the show, but binging it allows you to kind of keep that momentum. Um, I do like how it ends with multiple love stories. Obviously, you have Anique and uh, Zoe, him proposing to her, which they've that love story's been concurrent. But also her sister Grace having a love story with the adopted sister. I loved that aspect of it. Um, just a lot of different love stories. Of course, you have uh, Fang and his wife and Vivian kind of, you know, being brought closer together for, through these events. Uh, so I loved all the kind of multiple love stories that came out in the conclusion of this, uh, this season. Um, it also ends with Danner making her quote-unquote mind movies into actual movies instead of trying to write books uh, with her on set, which is funny to see. Uh, she'd been referring to Anique as uh, Urkel the entire time and come to find out that she is now dating the uh, actor that played Urkel and is starring as Anique in the remake of the first season. And I don't know if I want to see a third season. 
I, I, if they do, I would hope that they change a lot of things up. I don't know if I want, despite the fact that I love Tiffany Haddish, I love Anik and Zoe. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many murders I can buy them being close to, unless one of them gets into investigating in some way or even they could do it to where he becomes a true crime podcaster which is you know another aspect of of hollywood that is very boring and overdone where like every podcast is true crime in any kind of media these days but i mean that is the hook i guess of only murders in the building so maybe it wouldn't work but uh it would allow it would explain why he would be around more murders in future seasons but i don't know i don't know how excited i would be for a third season i would definitely watch it if they came out with another one but i hope that they would take more time maybe writing to make the characters more interesting bring that creativity that they use to do the different styles each episode is told in to characters in a way where we're not just seeing the same boring characters uh, that are in so many other things. Um, but yeah, I still liked it for the most part. I'm more positive on this season than I am not, uh, but uh, it is what it is. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Ray Taylor show. I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on season two of the after party. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating, excuse me, on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash spider disorder, where all of these episodes are available in video forms until next time. Enjoy the show and just don't drink tea that comes from somebody's garden that might be made out of poison. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had, can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.